Good morning. My name is Adam Smith. I'm on the team here at Grace, uh, and I have the privilege of leading your middle schoolers. Um, When I say that nothing brings me more joy than being a part of what God is doing in the middle school here at Grace, I mean that with my whole heart. We're seeing middle schoolers fall in love with the word of God, and they're realizing that scripture is the foundation for everything we believe. We're seeing middle schoolers reaching out to their friends and inviting them to hang out or come to youth group, and they're going to where lost people are. We're seeing middle schoolers love each other and start to practice uh, even these disciplines that we're going to talk about today. Uh, And I could talk about that for a long time because I love it and I'm passionate about it, but that's not what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, Before I start, will you guys pray with me? Lord, we just ask that we encounter you this morning. We ask that this morning you can tune our ears to hear, that we can tune our ears to you. Lord, that as we we talk about silence and solitude and the discipline that that is, we just pray that uh, you create desire inside of us to be disciplined and to train ourselves uh, in righteousness as you told us to in scripture. So Lord, we just ask that you speak clearly this morning uh, and that we can respond. Pray all this in your name, amen. So right now we're in in the middle of a series on spiritual disciplines. Uh, This is week three. A couple weeks ago, Chris introduced the series for us, and he he told us what spiritual disciplines are. And spiritual disciplines, like physical disciplines, take work, and they take effort. Uh, And they they take decisions in our daily lives that we put into place in an effort to grow in intimacy with God as our Father. Disciplines have to happen in order to achieve a goal. Any goal that you have, there needs to be steps that you put in place and steps that you take to make that happen. If your goal is to run a marathon, you're not gonna walk outside and do it tomorrow. Uh, If your goal is to lose weight, then you're not just gonna sit there and hope it happens. I don't know if you've tried, but it doesn't work. Um, Disciplines are what we use to accomplish things that, that we want to see. They're choices that we make every day to put in place and Today, we're going to be talking about silence and how we use that to grow in our relationship with the Lord. The verse that we've been looking at is 1 Timothy chapter 4, so if you want to turn there, uh, that'd be great. It's on the screen if you don't have your Bible. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Chris, to, Chris talked to us about two aspects of spiritual discipline. He talked about our spiritual birth, which is that moment where the Holy Spirit gives us, gives us insight on our current state as sinners, and he, he gives us insight that we are totally hopeless without him. That's when we realize that we are fully dependent on the grace that Jesus gives, and that's the only reason that we can have hope. Everything after that is spiritual growth, and a large part of spiritual growth is the disciplines that we choose to put in place. Some of the ones that we're going to be talking about during this series are tithing and giving, worship, fasting, praying, uh, our time in the Word, and today we're going to talk about silence and solitude. Disciplines are incredibly important, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about them. They're important because they're the means in which we establish relationship with Father. 
with the Father. But that's important to note that they're just the means and they're not the end. So as we talk today about silence, I can't stress the importance of it enough, but I just want you to keep in mind that silence isn't actually what we're seeking. What we're seeking is relationship with God as our Heavenly Father. And that's the same with the rest of the spiritual disciplines is that they are the means that we use to accomplish our goal of intimacy with God. So silence is one of the most hated aspects of our culture, right? We live in a fast world. We live in a world where we have devices at our fingertips that we we can't let down because heaven forbid we miss out on something or we're not connected and we don't know what just happened on our social media feeds or on Fox News or CNN. We have this desire to always be in the loop. To be removed is, is horrible and it's awful. For those of you in the room like me who are extroverted, silence is one of my biggest fears, right? The idea of not having people to talk to, the idea of not having somebody to joke around with and have a good time, it's scary. It makes me cringe a little bit. Being there alone with my thoughts, it's rough. Some of you, you love it and you practice it daily and I envy that from you because it's important. Today we're going to look at Mark chapter 1 and we're going to see the model that Jesus sets for us with silence and solitude. One of the things that I love about scripture is that it's consistent. It's, cons- it's consistent from the beginning to the end. And as I was preparing for this sermon, I was looking for uh, one big thunderous passage on silence where Jesus just teaches us totally how to be silent for 20 verses and I wanted to go into it in depth and I wasn't finding it. But what I was finding is that this is a consistency that we see all throughout the gospels that time and time again, Jesus stopped, he got away from people and he went and he was silent. And if it wasn't, you know, if it was mentioned once, it would still be important. But the fact that it's mentioned so many times in Jesus's ministry really shows us that it's something we need to press into. So Mark chapter one, we're gonna talk about the first benefit of spending time alone. Verse 35 says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It's interesting. That's one verse. But to give a little insight on the passage, Mark chapter one marks the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And there's a lot of stuff in Mark chapter one. Jesus did a lot of things from verse one to verse 30, where we talk right there. Jesus was baptized in Mark chapter one. He taught people in Mark chapter one. He healed the sick in Mark chapter one. At this point, Jesus is becoming a celebrity. His, his name is being spoken all over the place. People are taking note of this guy. They're hearing stories and they want in on what's going on. So people are flocking to Jesus. This guy is, is a household name. People want to know him. He's busy, right? He is busy doing things. Oftentimes we think we're busy and we are. We have things that are important. We're not busier than Jesus was. We're not busier than Jesus was here in in Mark 1. So he's tired. I don't know if you guys have ever preached or baptized people or prayed for healing for people, but these are draining things. These are things that take all of our focus. They take all of our attention. They drain us mentally, physically, spiritually. All of these things, Jesus had to be tired. He had to be exhausted. Crowds of people are coming to him and begging him for healing. That's not an easy thing to do with, but he did it and he did it with love. And then immediately after that is when we see Jesus wake up early 
while it was still dark, leave the house and find a solitary place. If you guys are like me, I probably would have slept until noon the next day, right? I would have been tired. I'd have been exhausted. The man needed some sleep and I would have taken advantage of that. And I would have slept for a long time uh, because it takes discipline to wake up early. But Jesus knew that he would find real rest, that he would find spiritual rest through his silence with God as a father. So he, so he woke up while it was still dark and he left his house because he knew that that's where he would find rest. Man, some of us need rest today. Some of us are dealing with some hard stuff. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one lately. Maybe it's some relationship stuff that you're going through that's really hard. Maybe you're wrestling with what to do with your life or God is calling you to leave a job and we're tired and we're drained. We need rest. Go to him. Go to him if you're weary. Don't run to other things of the world for rest. Sleep is necessary and it's important, but what's more important is that we go to the Lord who gives all those who are weary rest. So the first reason that you should spend time in silence is because he, is because he gives you rest. The second reason that we need to spend time in silence is because it's in those moments often where the Lord exposes blind spots in our lives. What I mean by that is when we take a step back from our phone, from our job, from school, from the world, and we reflect where we're at, that is when the Holy Spirit is able to show us where we come up short. Maybe we're too proud. Maybe we're struggling with this or that. And that's where the Holy Spirit oftentimes shows us those things. And I'll tell you about a story that I went through a couple, a couple months ago. I was going through a week that was particularly hard uh, academically. It was tiring. I was up late writing papers. I was up early, or I was up late and then up early writing papers and studying for exams. It was a rough week. And the first thing to go, unfortunately, was my quiet time with the Lord. It was my time in the Word. It was my time in prayer. It was my time listening to Him. It was the first thing to go. And I was sitting in class, and the Lord just made it abundantly clear that I needed to be with Him. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go to a coffee shop after class and, and I'll get my time in the word because that's what good Christians do, right? They get alone with the word and that makes us better Christians, right? Kind of. Um, I got to the coffee shop and I got out my journal and he started journaling. And it was like this five minute half-hearted journal because I knew I should do it, but I wasn't really invested. And then I pulled out my Bible and I started reading Listen to, listening to music at this point. And I wasn't really listening. It was just there for background music to, to drown out the noise of the coffee shop. And I start reading and I get about two or three minutes in and my spirit was just not right. And the words on the page, they weren't resonating in my heart. And the Lord, abundantly clear, extremely clear said, you're not listening to me. So what do you mean? Like, I'm here, aren't I? I'm taking time out of my day, this super self-righteous attitude. I'm taking time out of my day to get alone with you because I'm supposed to. And you're going to tell me I'm not listening. And I was angry in that moment. And it was the weirdest encounter that I've had with the Lord. But I sat there and I thought about it. He was right. I wasn't listening. Yes, I was there journaling and, and reading, but I was doing it out of this self-righteous, legalistic attitude that I was doing that because I was supposed to, not because I want to hear from the Lord and I need rest 
or I need guidance or I need clarity in anything. I was doing it because that's what good Christians do. And immediately, the, it was like the music that I was listening to came to life. And I had never heard this song before. And now I listen to it probably once a day. And it was called, I Am Listening, is what it was called. And I said, you got me. You got me, God. Like, here I am. Go ahead. And the lyrics of the song, they sang, uh, I'm going to take the time to stop and unwind and listen to the sound of your sweet, sweet voice. And I wasn't doing it. I was not doing that. I was in the word. I wasn't listening, and my ears and my heart were not ready for what the Lord had for me. So the Lord, in that time of silence, pointed out where I was coming up short. And I didn't like it, and it didn't feel good, but he was right. And there I am, sitting in the middle of this coffee shop, tears streaming down my face, looking like a fool, because the Lord is just convicting me. But it was so important that he got that message across to me, because it was that day that I began to I began to implement silence in my life. The point is that when we create an environment where we only focus on him, where we get rid of the distractions of the world, he speaks. And oftentimes it's, it's conviction, which is necessary. Oftentimes it's encouragement or, or challenge, things like that. The Lord shows us where we're coming up short when we listen to him. The third, the third reason that we see uh, in scripture, and there's more reasons to get silent with the Lord, but these are just three that, that particularly stuck out to me. The third one that we're going to talk about this morning is when we get alone with the Lord and when we tune our ears to him, he gives us guidance. In Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, we see another, we see another passage where Jesus leaves and gets alone. But this time, it was before he appointed his 12. And if you know anything about the 12, they were, they were Jesus's family for his three years of ministry, right? It was a big deal who he invited to be part of his 12, his inner circle. And he knew, he knew that it was a big deal. So he went and he sought the Lord for guidance. He went and he prayed. He went and he listened. And we make some big decisions in our lives, where we work, what we do for fun, where we spend our time, where we spend our money who we choose to spend our time with, we make big decisions that impact the way in which we live. And oftentimes we make those decisions based on on what we think is best, on what's best for us, right? But what Jesus did is he went to the Lord and he went to the, the Father and he sought guidance from him. And that's the kind of guidance that I want. I value the opinions of people. That's why I seek wiser counsel. But what's more important than asking other people for guidance is asking the Lord for guidance. And it's often in those moments of silence and solitude that Jesus gives us guidance. Something I think that's really interesting about silence is that it is actively passive. That sounds redundant, but what I mean is that silence is not going to happen in your life if you just wait for it. You can't just take a step back and wait for your life to get quiet and wait for it to slow down because it's probably not happening right? Silence is something that we need to seek, especially in the world that we live in. We're so attached with the notifications. I wear, for Pete's sake, I wear a watch that tells me when people text me. Like, it's hard to get away. It's hard to separate ourselves, but it's important. It takes effort to make ourselves be silent. And then when we're in that silent place, we're passive. And we we tell the Lord, Lord, I'm ready. And then we sit and we wait. And oftentimes, quiet time is 
associated with prayer, which is incredibly important, uh, a foundation of everything. It's the backbone of, of our faith. And I always like to start my times of silence with prayer to start. And not, not the prayer that maybe I'm used to where I throw out all of these complaints to the Lord and I ask him to fix my life and I ask him to do all of these things, but rather I take the approach that Samuel took when the Lord called him in the night which, you know, if you know the story, the Lord calls Samuel when he's a boy three times in the night, and three times Samuel goes to, goes to Eli and says, did you call me? And Eli says, that's the Lord calling you. Next time he calls you, respond with, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And when I get alone with the Lord, I want to make it clear that I'm just here to listen. I'm not here with my agenda to throw things at you, God, that that I want to see happen, but I'm here to listen because I know that when you speak, you give me guidance. And I know that when you speak, my life changes. Passive. It takes effort. It's not just gonna find you. Spiritual disciplines, guys, they're they're not just gonna happen in your life. If you wanna get better at praying, you don't just sit back and wait to get better at praying. You practice praying. You make it a point to pray continuously. You pray in your car in the morning. You pray on your lunch break. You pray at night. You pray when you can because you know that doing it important, doing it often is important. If you wanna get better at reading the Bible, I promise it's not just going to happen. You have to do it. You have to set rhythms in your life. You have to set goals in your life that you are able to meet Guys, attainable goals are important. It's easy to get overly ambitious with the goals we set for ourselves. I'm gonna read the Bible for four hours tomorrow. Okay, good goal, and I hope you do it, but I think it's more important to set goals that, that are realistic and attainable. Spiritual disciplines are the same way. If we don't put them into action, they're not just going to happen. It's never convenient. It's never convenient to get alone with the Lord. The enemy's really good at what he does, guys. He's really good at what he does. And one of those things is distracting us with things, right? Oftentimes, Brian Menzi talked a couple months ago and he talked to us about busyness and how sometimes we wear busyness as a badge of honor. People ask you, how are you? You say, oh, I'm busy, right? These disciplines aren't just gonna happen. They're gonna take effort. So how can we, how can we be silent? How do you do that? One of the ways that I've done it and you don't have to do it this way. There's tons of ways to do it, but I'm just speaking from my experience. I have a 20-minute commute to school uh, a couple days a week at, at the elementary school that I work at, and I felt the Lord tell me pretty clearly that he wanted me to turn the music off in my car and to be silent. And I've done this in the past with my prayer life, right? I've used, I've used my commutes in my car as an opportunity to pray, but this time was different. The Lord wasn't asking me to pray the whole time. The Lord was asking me to listen. And I did it, and it was hard. I still do it. I've been doing it for the, for the past month or so, and it's really difficult because I, I love music. I love noise. I love sound, commotion. Like The way my brain works is just fast, so I like it to be stimulated. So silence makes me uncomfortable, and especially when I'm tired and it's 6.30 and I'm driving to school. I don't really want to sit there and be quiet, but you know what? Through that time, the Lord has been so gracious with speaking to me about things in my life, whether it's emphasizing how he feels about me and that he loves me, and that he's proud of me, and that I'm his child, or whether it's convicting me and showing me who I need to go and seek their forgiveness because our relationship isn't right. 
Or maybe it's, I need to go talk to this person because they're really hurting. The Lord has used this opportunity of me just being silent in the mornings to speak in so many ways. Maybe you try that this week. Maybe you have a five-minute commute. Maybe you have an hour commute. I just encourage you for a little bit, turn the music off. One thing that I find really interesting, going back to Mark chapter one, is that Jesus left his house. So he woke up early to be alone with the Lord, but he left his house. I find it really difficult to be, to be productive in my own home because of the distractions that are there, um, whether it's people there, whether it's technology that's there, whether it's my bed and I just want to go take a nap. I find it really tough to be productive in my house. So it really helps me get away and go to another place that is kind of designated for meeting with the Lord. For me, that's a coffee shop. And that's because I'm highly extroverted. (laughs) And my idea of alone time is in a room with a bunch of other people still. Um, And I know that most of you aren't like that. So that's where I do it. That's where I leave my house and go to. It's getting a little, it's going to be getting a little warmer soon. Maybe it's a walk that you like to take where you just take it and the whole time you listen. Maybe it's a a favorite park or a spot in nature that you go to, but I encourage you to find a, a spot, a place that's designated for you meeting with the Lord. Maybe it's, maybe it's a closet in your house and you have a prayer closet. I don't know. It can be a lot of different things. But I want to encourage you to find a place. I want to close with a story, uh, and then we're going to try something maybe a little bit uncomfortable, which is good. It's always exciting. Um, I want to close with a story from a guy named Francis Chan. Uh, And I talk about Francis a lot because I, I admire his walk with the Lord, and I admire the way that he's just really obedient to what the Lord is calling him to. If you don't know Francis, he's a pastor of a church out in California, uh, San Francisco area. And Francis was speaking in one of his sermons about all of these, about the time that he was going back through all of his sermons and he was reading uh, about what he was speaking about over the past year or so. So he's going through these notes and he's just reading different topics and different quotes and he's really encouraged um, to go back and see where the Lord is working. That's the reason I journal is because I like to go back and celebrate the victories that I was praying to God for six months ago and seeing that he has answered it clearly six months now. I encourage you to do that. It helps to be reflective. But Francis was going through his, his sermons and he found the sermon from the week his son was born. It was his first son. And he was describing this experience and it was real, and it was passionate, right? Like it was his first son. This was a big deal. He was excited about it, and he was talking about the joy that it gave him and the life that it gave him and the excitement that he had to raise this son and to train him in godliness and have this relationship. And he was describing the miracle that was the everything. And then he said it was the sentence after that that got his attention. He said, as amazing as this experience was, it paled in comparison to the silent time I had with Jesus this week. And that hit me, man. Like, that's a big deal. The birth of your son. And he said, it paled in comparison to the time I had with the Lord this week. Guys, Francis understood in that moment that time alone with the Lord changes things. If you hear one thing this morning, hear this, that when we spend time with Jesus listening, he gives us what we need. 
Whatever it is, he gives us what we need. He gives us guidance. He gives conviction. He gives us his spirit. He gives us comfort, encouragement. Whatever it is, guys, it's these quiet times with the Lord that shape everything in our life, right? Evangelism is, is important. Everything else is important. But desire for evangelism and other things don't come unless you're in the word, unless you're in step with him and listening to him with what he has to say. So we're going to take five minutes here soon, and we're just going to practice silence. And for some of you, that five minutes is going to feel like an hour. And for some of you, you've just been waiting for me to stop talking so you can be quiet, and I don't blame you. Uh, But the first couple minutes, there's just going to be silence. And I want to be clear that this isn't a time for us to just throw words at God. But this is a time where we're listening. God, what is it that you want to tell me this morning? What is it that you want to get my attention and and draw me towards? What is it that you want to teach me? So we're going to take just a couple minutes and do that. But guys, throughout the week, don't just leave and forget about what we talked about this morning. Don't just leave and wait for silence to just find you because it's not going to. It's going to take effort. It's going to take an active faith on your part to put those things in place. You guys pray with me. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who you're a God who provides us with what we need. Uh, you provide us with grace. You provide us with your Spirit, which empowers us to do uh, everything that you've called us to. Lord, we're we're thankful that you speak to us through your Word, um, through songs, through worship, through pictures, through various things. So, Lord, we ask that during this time you speak to us. Uh, we speak, we ask that you speak truths to us that you have for us, God. We pray that you open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds. Lord, we, we stand before you and we just say, speak, for your servant is listening. Pray all this in your name. Amen.